This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Yes, that little greeting establishes the fact that this is your friend Bob Cook, and we're back together again, you and I, by means of radio, to look at the inerrant, infallible, eternal Word of God, the Bible. We came to that little verse in First Thessalonians 5, which said, Brethren, pray for us. And I began to think of what is involved in praying for someone else. Saul, King Saul, disobedient King Saul, said to, uh, to, uh, to Samuel, pray for me. Well, what he wanted was to save face. Simon the sorcerer said, pray for me. What he wanted was to escape the consequences of his greed. And that's a couple of examples of wrong praying. Jonah prayed, Lord, take away my life. That's because he was in a snit, because God was merciful to the city of Nineveh. And then... After that, because the gourd that had grown up to shade him from the blast of the sun's heat had withered and died, and he was out of sorts and mad, he prayed, Lord, I might as well die. Elijah prayed, Lord, take away my life. He prayed because he was, he was exhausted and fearful. Jezebel was out to get him, and after that tremendous victory on Mount Carmel and the marathon run ahead of the the king's chariot down the mountainside uh, to get the news that she had given orders that he be killed. He ran for his life. It says he sat down under a juniper tree and prayed. Prayed, Lord, it's enough now. Take away my life for I'm not better than anybody else. He feels sorry for himself. He was exhausted. Well, there's a few examples of praying that really wasn't in order but was due to human frailties. Aren't you glad God doesn't answer all your prayers? I look back over my own life and realize that if God had given me everything I prayed for, uh, <clears throat> he would have ruined me, or I would have ruined myself better. This was spoken. Well, now, we came then to Romans 15.30. That was what we were talking about the last time we got together. Paul says, I beseech you that you strive... Uh, together, and he was asking for the Lord's sake. I wanted to stop on this just for a moment. The motivation for my praying has to be the honor and the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit. Intercessory prayer needs to be based uh, upon the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus and the love of the Holy Spirit uh, placed in your heart when you trust Christ as Savior. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, Paul says in Romans 5, 5, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Make sure that the motivation for your praying is right and the substance of your prayer then will also be right. Now he said, I, I ask you that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Now what's he want? First, he wants to be delivered from them that do not believe who live in Judea. Second, that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted by the saints. Third, that I may come to you by the will of God 
and forth, that I may with you be refreshed. This is what he wanted them to pray. Now look at these things just for a moment, will you, with me? He said, I want to be delivered from people who do not believe, who live in Judea. Why? Because unbelief cannot rest until it's organized in opposition to God. And wherever you find unbelieving hearts, you will also find an automatic opposition to the message of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of the grace of God. And that oftentimes takes the form, then, of personal harassment and persecution and opposition. He said, I want to be delivered from that. Is that wrong to want to to avoid the confrontation that comes from unbelieving hearts? Well, uh, there's no indication in the Bible that it's wrong to pray for that. Lead us not, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, into temptation. And that word temptation covers the whole gamut of the testings of life, as you know. Uh, I think it's, I think it's right that, that you and I pray that God will spare us from the attacks of uh, unbelieving hearts until and unless it serves his glory. Now go back to the motivation. It's for the sake of the Lord Jesus and for the love of the Spirit. If, if it's going to honor the Lord Jesus, let it come. If it's going to honor the Lord Jesus and show the love of God through my life, let it come. But it's not wrong to pray that you be spared confrontation by unbelieving hearts. You follow that? Then he said, that my service may be accepted. The Bible says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. God can open the way for you to people. God can give you favor with people. God had planned that a man named Billy Graham should be used greatly in worldwide evangelism. Back in the 1940s, he was known by a good many people because of his successful crusades, then under the uh, sponsorship of Youth for Christ. Our brother Graham was our first full-time field representative, leaving his church in Downers uh, Grove, or Western Springs it was, Western Springs, Illinois, and coming to work with Youth for Christ. And then in 1949, suddenly... Uh, a newspaper magnate took an interest in Billy Graham. And there came word from uh, the uh, headquarters of that newspaper chain that our brother Graham's meetings were to be, were to be uh, reported in depth. And so all across the country, people were hearing about what God was doing in the Los Angeles campaign which began, I believe, in January of 1949. Do you recall that, any of you old-timers? That's a long time ago, isn't it? Forty years ago. But that's what God did. God gave a special favor in the eyes of a newspaper executive who then gave an order that the meetings that were being held under the big tent in downtown Los Angeles were to be publicized. And so the whole world became aware of this young evangelist. And he was overnight catapulted into fame and his name became a household word. Yes, there was careful planning and, and godly uh, living and much praying on behalf of our brother Graham and his team. God gave great wisdom and great blessing and great power to these people. 
I've followed their career through the years because uh, we're close friends. We were in the early 40s and have been ever since. Yes, God gave great wisdom and great power and great blessing to this evangelist, but he also gave favor in the eyes of other people. And so Paul is praying, I want you to pray for me that I'll be, my service will be accepted by the saints in Jerusalem. Is it wrong to pray that God will open the way for you? No, of course. I pray about every contact that I make. If I'm going to make a call somewhere, I pray for God to open the way for me. And oh, how graciously he has done this time after time. I must admit that sometimes I've prayed that God would open the way and the door was slammed in my face, and I had to accept that as well as from my loving Heavenly Father. I remember the time I was trying to get a flight out of a, out of a Zamboanga in the Philippines. The airplanes that had uh, the airplane line that had brought us in to that place uh, had uh, suffered an engine failure, and there was no spare parts, and we were stuck. And I was then having to miss uh, large meetings on another island, wherever it was, Tagbalaran or Kabankalan or one of those places. I've forgotten the exact location. But I knew that I was expected to be there. Well, uh, I heard that there was a big dinner. This was the, the day that, that uh, the, uh, the plane we were supposed to take would have been supposed to take off, but it was sitting... Yeah, on the airfield, broken down, waiting for spare parts. It was an old XGI DC-3, and uh, they were waiting for parts. Well, I heard there was this big dinner, and there was some general from America that was being honored, and uh, he had flown in with his own chartered aircraft, one of the big DC-4s, I guess, was what he had, and uh, there was this dinner, and I thought, maybe I could, maybe I could get a ride with him out of here when the dinner is over. He's going to take off after the dinner, I know. So I went in the side door and vagled my way past the guards up to the speaker's table and whispered in his ear my predicament that I was in, uh, in uh, Youth for Christ meetings and my plane had broken down and could I please have a right? Now, I had prayed before I tried this. I said, Lord, get me out of here. <laughs> and so praying, I found my way up to that head table and whispered in the general's ear. He said, get on out of here. There's too many of you freeloaders around anyway and so crestfallen <laughs> and embarrassed. I uh, went on back to the place where I was staying with the pastor, Jerry Dulaka, who is now with the Lord, a dear Christian and Missionary Alliance Filipino pastor. And I was staying in his home, and I went on back, and, and the meetings in the other big city had to go on without me. Merrill Dunlop was there and carried on very well. He said they never missed me, which, of course, was good for the humbling of whatever pride I had left. And so the weekend went by. Do you know what happened? Because I was stalled there and I couldn't get out, and I had just to spend the time using it to pray and seek God and, and, uh, and frankly, to ask God why he did this to me. <laughs> but in those hours, God gave me a refreshment of spirit that I could sense. I knew that God had touched me and refreshed me in the hours when I was stalled and couldn't get out. So you see, sometimes when you pray, God doesn't give you what, you what you want, but he gives you what you need. All right, it's not, a, it's not a mistake to pray that God will open the way for you with people. He has a way of doing that. 
He also has a way of using closed doors for his glory. Hallelujah for that. Paul says, I wish you'd pray that I can come to you with joy by the will of God. Now, we talked about this uh, when we were studying in, in, uh, in Romans uh, a good while ago. God listens to our prayers concerning what we'd like to do in the schedules of our lives. He also reserves the right to determine how that is to be done. Paul got to Rome all right, but uh, he got there as a prisoner, and he evangelized from a prison situation. So when you pray, just remember, God reserves the right to determine how the prayer will be answered. And then he says, I want with you to be refreshed. There's something wonderful about being with other Christians, with one single solitary Christian, one-on-one as you share your life and your faith in Christ, or with a whole group of people who love Jesus. There's a refreshing something about it. Well, Paul said, pray for me for these things. Something to think about in our own intercessory prayer life. Dear Father, today, oh, may we be wise in our praying and yielded in our obedience. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.